This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of December 4th, 2021. New from Constellation, The Monster Collection. Now with 99% less glass in their cans. Head to New Orleans for all your vintage can needs. There's a Shaun of the Jed joke here somewhere. Something about the Winchester. Natural wine still gives you a hangover. Sulfates and all. All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker, and let's get right into the news. Uh, talk about a monster merger. Uh, no. Coca-Cola company-backed Monster Beverage Corp. Wasn't, didn't ever realize it was Coke. It was behind them. Uh, whose logo has come to symbolize the Ultimate Fighting Championship's octagon Ugh. cage. It's said to be exploring a deal with... Uh, <laughs> Acquisitive brewer Constellation Brent. They all like, like that. Uh, you feel like Constellation is just like the uh, like if if AB AB Imbiv is like the the guy who's like you know they're they're buying stuff and like you know they're betting on on ponies and they're always you know coming in for you know somewhere in the top three getting something you know showing something. They're the guys at the back who just cannot pick the right horse. Yeah, I still love my favorite thing ever was on Twitter when someone was bringing up, they're talking about financial advisors. They're like, man, my financial advisor is like whoever the guy is in charge of acquisitions at Constellation. <laughs> like, like, dude's on a decade-long cold streak. Uh, like, oh, how about, uh, you know what I think is a good good investment? Uh, 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 ice, we'll sell it here and. Uh, in Alaska. They need it. <laughs> anyway, this mega deal will potentially fuse beer, energy drinks, liquor, soda, and even marijuana in an unforeseen jolt to the global beverage industry. I, uh, I don't think that would be legal. No. That uh, that liquid. Uh, <laughs> beer, energy drink, liquor, soda. <laughs> with cannabis. Uh, with Monster and Constellation each valued at nearly $50 billion. Uh, their tie-up Wait, only fifty billion? Oh, hmm. so uh, you know, okay, and I'm just buying uh, a whole ballast point was uh was a <laughs> took a hit. <laughs> it was a hit to that. Yeah, uh, their tie-up would be the industry's biggest since Anheuser Busch, uh, AB InBev, record-breaking 120 billion dollar takeover of Saab Miller in 2016. While Monster, God, that just... seems that doesn't seem like it was that long ago. I know. While Monster has discussed the idea with advisors, it is not clear that the energy drink maker is considering a full-out combination with Constellation. According to Bloomberg News, which first reported the deliberations on Sunday, uh, actually a couple Sundays ago, a merger of this size and complexity could induce quite a hangover. So any talks <laughs> may instead result in a joint venture or asset sale. Shares Constellation dropped about a percent that following Monday morning as Monster gained slightly. <laughs> Constellation is looking at buying something. Everyone like looking at their stock goes, nope, not not going to deal with this. Just Eject. get it out. In any case, it could be a sinfully delicious recipe. Weed-infused drinks. 
caffeinated hard seltzers. The opportunities are endless for these companies to combine their strengths into new products that will rule the world. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just picturing uh, uh, weed-infused caffeinated hard seltzers. Uh, and I was like, man, that's, you know, that's that's the tame version of, uh, uh, was it killed John Belushi? Speedballs? You do uppers and downers simultaneously to see which one wins. And then it just stops your heart. It's also just yeah. like somebody in marketing is like, nailed it. We got all the buzzwords in there. <laughs> it's okay. okay. Constellation may not be a household name, but many of its products are. The company based in Victor, New York, began as a, as a wine producer with brands such as, hey, guess what? Robert Mondavi. Mm. Before expanding into spirits, including Svedka Vodka and Casa Noble? Noble? Tequila? Casa Noble. I don't know. Uh, and the rights to sell Corona Modelo beer in the U.S. Uh, each step of its expansion has been into a new area of growth as some alcohol segments slow. That led Constellation to become the first company of its kind to make a significant bet on future legal U.S. marijuana market, taking a stake in the cannabis company Canopy Growth Corp. in 2017. That stake is now valued at about $1.7 billion. Wait, how much was it that they put in? Uh, uh, I don't think it said, but... I just said significant. Yeah. So that deal actually probably has really smoothed over the, the ballast point. <laughs> probably, because they had to get rid of ballast point for probably a, a significant loss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, even after all, but still making Constellation still generates virtually all its revenue in the U.S., while Monster, based in Corona, California, has its growing toehold in other parts of the world. Its sales to the Asia-Pacific region jumped 69% from 2018 to 2020. Monster also has uh, signaled interest in alcoholic beverages, but its executives have moved carefully aware as they are on the fast-changing nature of the space. In recent years, as hard seltzers became hot, that category got crowded, and their popularity may already have peaked. Monster recently launched True North Pure Energy Seltzer, a non-alcoholic product that only adds to speculation about the company's impending expansion into booze. Uh, they, look, they got to dance real careful with that, too, because, you know, hard, uh, hard monster... Is basically just four loco. Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, the FDA that, has that, come down on that crap. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, I mean, this is a weird pairing. This is not a pairing I was, you know, when we saw this story, this was not what I was expecting today. Yeah. Look, it's exactly uh, what uh, my employer needs, considering <laughs> the entire company runs on Monster. No joke. I mean, fair. Uh, you know what else you might need? Uh, 2,500 vintage beer cans. Let's say a bit of vintage. Uh, bit, a bit of the old vent. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, New Orleans coming with the vintage. Uh, two years after her husband's death, Laverne Call is ready to let go of one more piece of him. For over 40 years, catfish John Call collected over 3,000 beer cans from all over the world crammed into a small corner of their home in Pearl River, Louisiana. I was afraid I it was Napoleon's penis there for a little <laughs> bit. 
<laughs> I was uh, I was just hoping that he got his nickname Catfish from all the people he fooled into thinking that he was a lady over the years. Wow. Yeah. So the kids belong with somebody who appreciates them as he did. A call told NOLA.com. That's a thing. Uh, so she's now put them up for auction. Uh, his collection filled all of the wall space in one room of his house, referred to lovingly as, quote, the beer cave. And it's just in a different sense, I guess. Uh, yeah. A snapshot into the very history of beer itself, cans from across the globe sit alongside those from long-shuttered American breweries. Uh, they do a picture on there, which is like, wow. Yeah. You can see some of the tops of some of those, too. That's that's opening your beer with a key era. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's prior to pull taps for some of these, and you're just like, yeah, you had to like, Chuck. yeah, the old like, uh, the old church keys. That one looks like the Campbell's logo, <laughs> like it looks like a can of soup or something. Uh, Campbell's <laughs> it's tomato <a> lager. <laughs> it's just a Vienna lager. Uh, so beer can collections such as this are not that uncommon. Collecting discard cans as a hobby was. Pr- Highly popularized in the 70s among both adults and children, of course. Uh, the quote, the industry capitalized on the fad by pumping out specially designed commemorative cans whose only reason for being was that collectors would snap them up, according to Brewery Collectibles Club of America. I'm just learning that's, all uh, kinds of things right now. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the reason uh, you have all the variant comic book covers as well. They're like, oh, see, these will be worth something someday. Right. They won't. The old ones are only worth something because they're real old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And everyone threw them away. But uh yeah, so uh the online listing of the twenty five hundred uh, of the of the cans is available on estatesales.net starting at three thousand dollars. And the listing's gonna be available on December eleventh. Uh that's a... Uh... I don't know. Just the the. It, it, I mean, it's kind of neat, but three thousand dollars for for a lot of cans. You know, somebody's doing it. You know it. Oh yeah. I mean, how many uh, cans are we talking? Is it worth it for the uh, recyclable? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, because it's uh, it's three thousand for twenty five hundred dollar uh, twenty five hundred cans. Oh. So that's uh. No. Okay. Divided by twenty five. Hundred. Uh, that's a it's a buck twenty a can. At at starting price. Somebody should do like a, uh, you know, some of those cool art things with it or something like preserving because you're just essentially keeping it because of the fact that it looks old and it's you know it's memorabilia basically. Mm-hmm. So that'd be. It's one of those things, though, you're like, oh, how much can you get for that? However much anyone's willing to pay for that. Yeah. Uh, well, in uh, uh, less, uh, less collection-y news and more uh, trapped by a blizzard news. <laughs> now for something completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, this from Vine Pair. Uh, they call it Snowasis. Dozens of... Uh, dozens stranded in UK pub during snowstorm after watching tribute band. It really is. It's a it's a movie. That's that's a <laughs> that's easily a so prime original it would be, movie. Look, you know what turned that turned that into a horror movie from like a from a wacky comedy. 
if instead of it being an Oasis cover band, it was actually the Gallagher brothers. Yeah. You, no one would survive that because late Friday evening, 61 people were left stranded in a remote UK pub after watching Oasis cover band, No Oasis. I'll give them credit. I, I, I don't hate the name. <laughs> I mean, what other choice did they have? <laughs> uh, they could have called themselves Gallagher and got sued by uh, yeah. Gallagher and and Gallagher's brother. Could have gone with Desert Spring. Anyone else want, uh, like wonder if the Gallagher brothers were related to to the other Gallagher brothers who also were very litigious and fought a lot? <laughs> Something with that last name. I don't, I don't know I, what it is. Anyway, the Tan Hill Inn uh, is located on top of a hill in Richmond in North Yorkshire. Uh, was pummeled by snow, the leaving Richmond? attendees. Hmm? The Richmond. Uh, no, because that Richmond is in uh, is in London. Oh. Uh, but this left attendees, employees, and the band members to stick it through the storm for up to three days. Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, uh, how many times can you hear Wonderwall? Negative one. Um, well, uh, some vou- uh, vouched to trudge back home in the storm, needing to take care of children and family. Most decided to stay through the weekend, looking outside and going, no, not doing that. So they weren't trapped. They stayed of their own accord. Well, their cars were snowed in. Hmm. They didn't want to walk home. And say, uh, how, it's, it's like, how remote are we really talking here, you know? I don't know the town, but things seemingly went uh, smoothly for the stranded. Uh, According to the New York Times, the guests amused themselves by watching classic movies like Mamma Mia and Grease, which, I mean, given the choice of the two, I'd I'd probably watch Grease, but... Given the choice of the two, I would probably blow my brains out. (laughs) I would have braved the snow. There's only one acceptable movie in that situation, and it is a classic. It's John Carpenter's The The Thing. Oh, I was going to say Shaun of the Dead when you're trapped in a pub. But if you're trapped in a building with a few people in a snowstorm. You're trapped in a building with with an Oasis cover band in the snow. Yeah. Yeah, so you're going to need to heat up some pens and uh, start poking those, those band members to see if they're monsters. Uh, anyway, uh, they also competed in pub quizzes and singing karaoke, especially lots of Oasis. Uh, the inn had stocked up on food for the winter, so the guests were able to have roast dinners, beers, and uh, even a buffet. Did they just like open the taps at one point, like after the first day, stop charging people, and it became clear, like, we're here for a while? I, I was wondering that, too. I was like, surely these people didn't, like, they're not charging them any, like at some point. I, I don't know. I... I just have to imagine, like, they've got a gun up top. Like, no, that's been decommissioned. No, it still fires. I heard I heard the man killed someone when he took over the bar. And, like, and also dogs can't look up. Big Al. <laughs> Big Al, that was it, yeah. Uh, okay, Nicola Te- dogs can look up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's my favorite part of that movie. All right, fine, the dogs can look up. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Nicola Townsend, general manager of the Inn, documented the situation on Facebook. Townsend told the Times uh, that guests had shared some beers with each other, but nobody got loud and drunk. Uh, guests were finally able to leave Monday, with some getting emotional at the prospect of leaving new friends they had become so close with. Uh, the cover band may also need to consider changing its name, with Townsend joking that some of the attendees started calling them Snow Aces. Jesus. I mean, so it's it wasn't it wasn't the writer of this article's fault. So the way I see this going down for the movie in my head is it's like that uh, the movie yesterday. Only was something happens to everyone while they're snowed in there, and the world forgets mm-hmm. that the band Oasis ever existed, <laughs> except for the people in this pub. And then the cover band goes on to have slightly mediocre careers playing Oasis songs. Till they, till they can't stand each other and start fighting, yes. like fist fights on stage. God, that movie was so good. <laughs> See, I, my, my version of the movie is that they're, they, uh, they're stuck inside, they, and it's, it just turns into a Muppet family Christmas. <laughs> like there's someone they're waiting for that's like trapped out in the snow, and finally at the end they come in pulled by a sleigh dog. They're like, oh! Anyway, here's Wonderwall. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, uh, anyway, what do we have to say about natural wines? Oh, I only drink natural wines. Sulfates give me headaches. Phrases like this have been thrown around willy-nilly for years, often with little understanding of what it's actu- what is actually happening in the vinification process and little scientific evidence to back them up. Nowadays, it's common pl- common practice among so-called natural producers to not add sulfur dioxide during winemaking, and many have been eager to tout the health benefits of not doing so, saying that drinking natural wine reduces the chance of headaches and hangovers. But new research suggests that not only is that not the case, but the opposite may also be true. Okay, hold on. I do want to get this out here. You can't have natural wine. You know why? Because wine doesn't happen to fall into big vats with bunches of yeast yeah. and mash over time, and then you it doesn't put just, it in barrels. Yeah, it doesn't just happen. There's a you process it as soon as you the process closest, it. It's no longer natural. Closest you can get to that is leave is a uh, uh, leaving some yeast and some uh, and some grapes <laughs> near each other, hoping just, just like. Getting some carbonated grapes. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Sulfites are a chemical compound present and naturally occurring on the skins of grapes. Additionally, sulfites uh, can be added at multiple stages before, during, and after fermentation to aid in preservation. While there is a level of risk for those who have acute sulfite-sensitive asthma, less than 1% of the population, none of their symptoms correlate with having a headache. And if sulfites uh, were the problem, more people would be adverse to drinking white wine, which has more sulfites than red. But more people tend to blame last night's glass of red. Hmm. Fair. Well, red is better. A much more likely (laughs) culprit for headaches is a group of compounds called biogenic amines. Amines? Uh, BA. The most common and toxic of which are histamines. Not only is a larger percentage of the population sensitive to BA, hey, at least it shortened it the way I wanted to, 
Uh, the compounds are also naturally present in many wines. So how does this relate to natural wines specifically? A recently released research paper from Master of Wine, Sophia Parker Thomas, which was later shared by seven, 750 Daily, showed that BA levels are higher in wines that have had no SO2 added before fermentation. Additionally, Parker Thompson uh, research proved that in wines with more than 30 milligrams per liter of SO2 added, the BA levels in the wine were inconsequential. In other words, the use of the sulfites drastically decreased any ill effects a drinker might feel because of the presence of BA. Hmm. Sorry, I'm just trying to figure, like, like wait... Oh never mind. They're 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 measuring the 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 B the the B A that's in there rather than the sulfates. It's like how are the ones that have added sulfates not have sulfates? <laughs> yeah. Uh, while natural wine isn't defined by the use of sulfur dioxide, perhaps health focused consumers might reevaluate any stance against SO two and consider the effect histamines may have on their bodies. I have to consider the effect histamines play on my body every day. I'm getting there. It's not fun. You know what is fun? Gin liqueurs. I'll say Aldi. Um, I'll say Aldi because I don't think gin liqueurs are that fun. I don't know. Aldi can be fun. I mean, the one time I've been there, there were a lot of people just like mushing around. Uh, so, Aldi. This week in Aldi. God, we need a stinger for that. Uh, do, so. do, do, do. <laughs> Aldi's Nostalgic Infusionist range is back with two brand new flavors. The Infusionist Spiced Biscuit Gin Liqueur and the Infusionist Salted Maple Fudge Gin Liqueur. Honestly, okay, the flavors sound wonderful, but those flavors mixed with gin makes me nervous. (laughs) I want biscuits. Yeah. I want them now. Um, I mean, it had me at maple. But, so the first is enriched with distinctive notes of cinnamon, ginger, caramel, and vanilla. And the Never recipe, <laughs> the recipe has been inspired by Speculoos. Is that the brand biscuits? Oh, uh, which are Belgian we're, wheat flour cookies. We were thinking of different biscuits. Oh, I assumed it was this kind. Uh, I, they're talking about cookies. Yeah, I'm thinking about. Pillsbury. That come with gravy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I immediately thought of like British, you know, biscuits. Uh, not dissimilar to the Biscoffs, which are freaking delicious. Uh, Aldi confirmed that Google searches of the popular biscuit have gone up 70% this year compared to last. So no doubt the latest release will go down a real treat. The salted maple fudge variety is perfect for those with a sweet tooth. Aldi says of the drink, Quote, boasting rich flavors of salted fudge, followed by indulgent notes of sweet maple, the syrupy liqueur is enticingly Moorish. Moorish. Um, so both the liqueurs can be served neat over ice, um, like just like an amaretto, or mix in a cocktail or hot drink. So um, they suggest making a festive spiced white Russian with that spiced biscuit one, uh, which sounds pretty good, actually. <laughs> wouldn't be a white russian then it'd be a white london well you know whatever with the cities and the stuff uh the most archer joke i've ever done uh both what's the cl mean Uh, obviously a uk article so (laughs) oh centiliter oh okay 
I suck at metric. Um, <laughs> so anyway, they're both priced at eight pounds. No, yes, eight pounds ninety nine. I'm trying to figure out how to write how to read that properly, uh, and are available in store. But uh, only the spiced biscuit gin liqueur is available to buy online. Uh, the rest of the Aldi uh, gin liqueurs in the Infusionist range include raspberry jam donut, lemon drizzle cake, churros, strawberry and vanilla, and gold glit globe, whatever that is. Oh, and then the gold flake clementine. Ooh. This leads, okay. Sorry, I'm still stuck on biscuits and gravy. Uh, how well do you think a biscuits and gravy store would go, like a, a restaurant would go? In in England. Oh, in, oh no! I was going to say there are numerous ones. With like, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Well, you say I know you know Tudor's Biscuit World. Yeah, but I was going to say now now Scotland that might be a better it better exists. selling ground like, for them. Whatever. <laughs> it's like yeah, all right, that sounds greasy and terrible for me. Bring it here, Scotland. They have gravies you can't even imagine. I I wonder if you'd have to change the name. To something like they'd call it something else. It wouldn't be a biscuit. It would be no. Uh, <laughs> I would confuse them. Like oh, sweet things and gravy. Well, I mean, let's no. You'd put a you'd put a big you know Colonel Sanders looking dude on the on the thing there. They they'd know it's American, right? Put it put a bald eagle resting on the shoulders of Colonel Sanders. They'll be like, yeah, all right. They have to call. They have to have a word already for what we call biscuits. I just wonder. Crumpets. I wonder what that is. <laughs> I I thought crumpets are sweet. Too. I don't know what a crumpet is. I don't. Uh, yeah. You know what I do know what is though, the Colosseum. I know it exists. I know what it is. Indeed. It's used for killing people. Uh, and uh, apparently it's a it's a very expensive bar for two Americans. Uh, <laughs> this also from Fine Pair. When in Rome. Don't do as these two did. <laughs> Crumpets are what we call English muffins. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I was like, you mean things I don't eat? Uh, <laughs> uh, early morning, two young American tourists trespass and uh, enjoyed a casual beer in uh, the uh, iconic Roman 2,000-year-old uh, Colosseum. Upon discovery... The authorities served them with a $900 fine. A fitting bill for such a spectacular bar. Uh, you know, look, 2,000 years ago, beer was a lot cheaper in the Coliseum. Probably. Uh, the duo were first spotted uh, at uh, by a passerby at 5.30 a.m. They have been tying one on too long. Yeah. Uh, in that dangerous situation, yeah. <laughs> there's a the thing on was it TMS that Scott's like Scott and Brian are like nothing good occurs after two a.m. That's a <laughs> how I met your mother joke. Oh, okay. Well, so that's also. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it, still still it holds. holds true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, while they were seen talking and drinking, while nestled under uh, arches on the second level overlooking the city, authorities suspected uh, tourists age twenty four and twenty five hoisted themselves over the high barriers protecting the infamous building and park uh, and the park around it. During the early hours of Monday morning, some people, uh, this is a quote from uh, uh, from the Roman police, uh, during the early hours of Monday morning, some people were noticed two young men drinking beer in the Colosseum facing outwards on the second level. 
Uh, they alerted a police car nearby, which stopped the two young men on uh, Via de Fori Imperiali. Uh, behavior like this is only suspected to increase by the eternal uh, in the Eternal City. Uh, before COVID-19, landmarks to the Coliseum saw 6 million visitors a year, while the number of tourists uh, re- hasn't returned to that level yet, but also preparing for more occurrences of similar disrespectful behavior. I mean, I don't know if that's disrespectful. I feel like that's just trying to take some time and truly appreciate the Coliseum. They shared a moment there that not many people will ever get the chance to do. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's disrespectful. It would have been disrespectful if they were like, you know, Peeing it. on it. <laughs> Either one of those, yeah. Peeing, peeing on it, peeing on each other, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or like doing graffiti or something. Like I don't. There's I don't a know, list. No. There's a number of disrespectful I things. I feel like that every anything those two gentlemen could have done there would not have been out of place for the Coliseum's time. See him. It's the Romans. Mm-hmm. Let's let's consider this. A lot I'll of s- a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of phallic symbols everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a, look, dick butt did not originate <laughs> in modern times. Nope. It, it dates back to, to ancient Rome. You have to look it up. Uh, if you're hearing this and you haven't seen the Roman dick butt, you've got to see it. <laughs> uh, that said, um, uh, what I, what I like to imagine here too, though, is the, uh, uh, they're there, they're enjoying a nice, uh, a nice drink. Looking out on the Coliseum, and they, you know, the way to get them out of there is just to like roar like a lion. They, oh God, lion ghosts, leave, run. Uh, uh, also, the appropriate graffiti for that would be uh, Romans go home <laughs> in Rome. Yeah, yeah. All right, I think that about does us for for this this bit of news. Yeah, and this is our uh, last episode, right? Of the year, Have we decided that. Yeah, for the last news episode of the year, uh, just because you know, one December is kind of wacky because we have holidays and another scheduling fun. Also, news is really slow. Yeah, I'll, well, it's I was not, gonna say it's not the time also, of year for such things. So, also, everything next time is just going to be listicles. Yeah. yeah, for like for the next like six weeks, honestly. Um, so, uh, and then also just to remind everyone, cause I don't know how much we've talked about it up until now, but the new year's Eve streamathon is coming up. So that will be our next big to do. Uh, so make sure to stay tuned for that. We'll post all the details and stuff, um, as well. So what day is that going to be on? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, honestly, uh... I was like. I mean, could for be, some reason, I was either the thinking, day. like, the, what day of the week, like, New Year's Eve is on, like, is it a, it's a Friday, isn't it? It's a Friday. It? Okay. Yeah. Um, so that, that's still helpful to know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, we will post all the details about that. But um, we'd like to remind everyone, this is our news only show. So we do have one last main show of the year before the New Year's Eve thing. Um, we do that weekly long form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support have a drink, please go to patreon.com slash have a drink show. And uh, we will see you next year. <laughs> uh, once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker, and we will see you guys next year. Have a good one. Bye. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. All the things. Bye.
Happy holidays. Happy Fistmas. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>